Eastern Seaboard. It's the first annual MTTI Marvel Movie Awards ceremony. I am your host, the lovely Miss Elizabeth, and with me as always, my charming co-host, down the red carpet with all the celebs, Aaron Hines. Aaron, how you doing down there? Oh my god, Elizabeth, I'm having such a great time. Oh, 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 who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Oh, you're wearing the skin of your fallen enemies. It looks gorgeous, dear. Oh, you're just gorgeous. Oh, 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 here's an aging old man. Who are you? Oh, you're Steve Rogers. Oh, oh, your skin looks terrible. You need to moisturize more, honey. Oh, 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 here's a man with a metal arm. Isn't that just gauche? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Aaron, Aaron. Darling, uh, since you're down there, are there any uh, truth to the rumors that uh, certain DC properties will be showing up tonight? I believe Jason Momoa was hiding around in the outskirts before security detained him. No, no, no. That's in my dressing room, darling. Oh, Aaron, it's always lovely to have you here as my 70-year-old grandmother. You are a gem and a treasure. Never change, darling. Yes, you, I'm still waiting on those maternity checks. As always, he is Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. That was completely on the fly. <laughs> she did not tell me we were going to do that. I, Never I went let for him a, see you sweat, dear. I went for a Joan Rivers, and what came out was not Joan Rivers, but some <laughs> something else. I would not... I would not uh, stain the uh, the memory of Joan by calling that a Joan Rivers. So, but as we said, yes, it is our first and perhaps only ever award show because we just saw Spider-Man: Far From Home and realizing that there really isn't that much to say beyond, oh, cool, another Marvel movie. We decided to take on all of them all at once we have a list of fabulous categories and a bunch of speeches which we will have to cut four times so the hook will be standing by in the wings sweetheart they're already playing the music for you okay 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 uh before that the plug party you can follow us on facebook at married to the idea you can email us any comments or questions you may have at married to the idea reviews at gmail.com and if you forget any of those why not stop by our website married to the idea where you can check Check out our seasons, check out some fun photos of us, and learn more about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Marriage the Idea is where you can visit to become a sponsor. Becoming a sponsor means you get access to behind-the-scenes footage, trailer reaction shots, and maybe even get to plug your stuff on our show. Got a personal message, got a uh, business, or a you're an artist yourself and you want to get mentioned, we would love to mention it for um, nominal fee. A nominal fee. Or a phenomenal fee. <laughs> Good one, babe. Uh, and Aaron, uh, who is sponsoring us today? Today's sponsor in uh, the still reigning champ of our sponsor dome is Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial membership. Uh, all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get started and we will have a book recommendation later on in Zed Podcast. Yeah, that's the commercial break. We ain't stopping for nothing. Neil Patrick Harris is here, and we're paying him by the minute. So let's get going. Oh, my God. He's here. Oh, my God. NBH, NBH, I love you. Contain yourself, Aaron. 
So here is how we're going to go down. We have compiled a list of categories that we are going to answer. We have not told each other what the answers are for each of these categories, and we will debate them as best as we can to decide which is the true winner. And of course, at the end of this, I think we should definitely post up all the things that we chose to see if everyone agrees with us or not, because that's why we really do this, to make sure that everyone else thinks that we're right. With each category, we'll give you all of the uh, nominees, as it were all the contenders <laughs> that we are qualifying for this particular question and as i said we are dealing with marvel movies phases one through three phase one being iron man and the incredible hulk uh that is technically included in the mcu even though edward norton was recast before the avengers thaddeus ross does show up and so does robert Downey jr in an egg credit scene so technically the Incredible Hulk is part of the first phase of the MCU. We are going off the official list. If you'd like, should we tell the official list to make sure everyone at home is playing along? Yeah, I've got it right here. Um, phase one is Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and then Marvel's The Avengers. Phase two is Iron Man 3, Thor, The Dark World, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man. Phase three is Captain America, Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxies, Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and then, of course, most recently, Spider-Man Far From Home. It does not include uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse or any of the Sony properties uh, or Fox properties. Which seems fair enough because I feel like Into the Spider-Verse would win most of the awards, so just as well they put them in a category all their own. Uh, As you can tell, Phase 3 includes a lot more movies than Phase 2, which kind of gives you an idea of where Phase 4 is going. It's just going to be so many movies in such a short amount of time but let's not delay any further Aaron what is our first category your first category is best trilogy Ooh, now Aaron what do you mean by best trilogy now this one's a little tough and we're, we're starting heavy but uh because we've got some fun things coming up afterwards uh and this one is not necessarily self-explanatory but this one is probably going to be the easiest one for us to agree upon so i'm starting easy for us rather and then keep uh and then getting harder and harder so best trilogy uh there are with the MCU, there are only three trilogies. Now there completed are completed trilogies. Thank you, completed trilogy arcs. Now there are plenty. Like Avengers technically has four movies, so it's a quadrilogy. Um, Spider Man <laughs> is that a word? I think. Oh, I'm looking that one up now. Go ahead. Um, quadrilogy. Um, uh, Spider Man will have a third movie. Uh, Guardians will definitely have a third movie. Uh, there's there's a lot of will have third movies or will be doing a trilogy, but as of right this moment, these three properties are the only ones to have three movies. So Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America are the only nominees or the only uh, ones to qualify for this. So and Aaron, you were correct. Quadrilogy and pentology. Oh, see, now I wouldn't have said pentology. I like pentology better than what I would have said. So 
Iron Man, of course, is Iron Man 2. One, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Iron Man 3. Thor is Thor, Thor the Dark World, and Thor Ragnarok. And then, of course, Captain America is Captain America the First Avenger, Captain America the Winter Soldier, and then Captain America Civil War. Oh, there's a lot of feelings coming to this. These three, there's a reason that these guys have completed trilogies. They were the original. We, they're the three. They're the three corners of the pyramid that we see in Avengers. Yep. These guys are the ones that are so evenly matched. They have a fight in the middle of the woods. This is it. And it's a, one of the best fights in, in, in the MCU. And it's so strange that you, you get some bigger and badder fights. But that, you want me to put the hammer down? That is still one of the, I, I, a very iconic line. But Yeah. There's so much to say about each of these. Um, let's start with our, you know, they call him the, it's not, he's he's the first Avenger in the MCU. Let's talk about Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. This whole series was based around him and the idea that he was marketable enough and bankable enough that we could continue to build a universe just on his portrayal of Tony Stark as Iron Man. Which is, which is really, really, really strange because before Iron Man... He was not bankable. He had really hit the low because he actually was on Ally McBeal because he went stardom to depths and he came back up with Ally McBeal and then he actually sucked back down into the depths. And and this was his first big role after uh, leaving Ally McBeal um, on bad terms. And it's impressive to see something that now makes total sense. Of course, we were going to get a cinematic universe based on superheroes. It's it's written in the stars. Of course, it's always going to happen. But this was not a guaranteed thing. The idea of an interconnected cinematic universe perished the thought. That was nothing that was happening. Of course, now we all try it. But of course, he had Captain America's shield in his workshop. Of course, he did. There is something so great about Iron Man 1. When I watch it again, it's got a real... It still feels immediate, you know? It doesn't feel like they tackled an issue that doesn't make any sense anymore for our modern world. It still has relevance. The idea that we, as America, perpetrated and were involved in things that are still going on and that perhaps we need to be better than war machines. We need to be better. We need to peacekeep. Now, of course, is the best way to do that to build a giant suit of iron and fly around the world shooting bad guys? This is hard to say. But it was really Robert Downey Jr. that made this role and this movie so iconic enough that you could say, you know what, let's start pulling off some stuff. I read that the whole uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. initiative, the whole uh, Sammy J. showing up at the end of Iron Man 1 to talk to Tony Stark about forming something called the Avengers when it was just a whisper, that was all ad-libbed. That, that scene did not exist until... Sammy J said, I want to play this character, make a scene for me. They, um, if, and I could easily be wrong, but uh, they based a revamp of Nick Fury on Sammy J, uh, I think in Avenger, Ultimate Avenger. And then they approached him about possibly playing him in a later movie, and, he's, and he said yes. And then, and then, Robert Downey Jr. made the line, I am Iron Man. That was what it was ad-libbed. 
the whole Avengers initiative was planned, but he... But it was a last-minute add-on. It was not part of the original, hey, we're going to build a cinematic universe. We've been playing this since the beginning. It was literally, do you think we should do this? Well, I want to play him, so yeah. Okay, come on in. We'll put you in the eye patch. Get going. Yeah, that was no, this was not like a big planned out thing. I do love the fact that he improvised Iron Man. Iron it's Man. just, it's so iconic. Let's then talk, I think, about Captain America because Captain America's first movie... Mm, it's, it's weaker, but not weakest It's by not any weakest, means. but it's his second movie, The Winter Soldier, where Cap truly shines. Winter Soldier Winter is Winter Soldier movie, is still one of the best movies marvel movies it's period. crazy how good it is and that's not to say that it lacks any problems it's just it ties itself together so tightly and compactly that you don't notice them while you're there and that's what a good movie does the action is so so crisp and clean the story hits you in the gut every chance it can it uh in cap being a fish out of water uh, a man out of time it it plays on that, but not too much. And the characters are so well written. Oh, it's so well done. It's still one of my favorite Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. It's so wonderful. And then we have Thor, who only really, truly crazy shines in Thor Ragnarok. Like, everything was building to this moment. Even with uh, the first two Avengers, he didn't really become himself like the thor that we now true that the 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 mcu fans love did not become what it is until thor ragnarok he was that kind of i don't understand what's going on so i'm going to speak very big words at it and it was a trope and it was funny enough and it worked in and one. Yes, and he it took his okay shirt off and yes yeah. he dyed his eyebrows blonde and that was so stupid but Given a crazy cool director and allowing the world and universe to expand and the art style to blow my mind, there was so much coolness that happened with Thor Ragnarok that kind of elevated the whole trilogy and made me go back and reevaluate all of them because I, I liked the first Thor and I liked the second Thor. It's hard to argue with Kenneth Branagh who can take Shakespeare and do it incredibly well not only act it but direct it incredibly well and say that he does a bad job with an almost Shakespearean comic book character and he even said that's how he approached it it was almost like the story of Hamlet in a way Mm -hmm. so it's hard to argue that he did a bad job with it I think the characters are good I think the story is solid I think everywhere else is kind of where it doesn't hit its mark it's so hard so now we have to decide which is the best trilogy? One where the first movie shines brightest, the second movie shines brightest, or the third movie shines brightest? Well, I, I'll i go and answer first because my answer is easier, um, and then I'll let you rant for... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cap you, though. I'm not going to uh, rant. Now, okay. we have a lot of categories to get through, yeah, Aaron, exactly. and that hook is staring me in the face with little googly eyes, so yes. I am not going to rant. Why don't you give us, though, your take for the best trilogy? While Iron Man is iconic, uh, especially for number one, and uh, two was cool with the introduction of the different roadie, and three still has its good points, though there's still a lot of really bad points, and Thor Ragnarok was awesome, and Thor 1 was good, Dark World is probably the weakest of all the MCU, 
I've got to go Cap. Cap is my boy. He is America's ass. Um, I am one of the few that think First Avenger is actually still really, really good. Um, I love the World War II era movies like Saving Private Ryan and like The Pianist and stuff like that. Schindler's List. I love those kind of movies. Um, so when I got a comic book hero movie in that style, I really enjoyed it. And it and what we have to kind of sit back and look at with it too, Chris Evans went from playing a cocky, self-assured um, kind of tool with Johnny Storm, no, not Johnny Storm. Johnny Blaze. No, wait, no, that's no, Ghost no, Rider. it is Sue Storm, Johnny Storm. Yeah, you were Johnny, right. No, Johnny Storm, the aka the Human Torch with the subpar Fantastic Four movies. He did a he did a good job as Johnny Storm. He brought a certain depth to it. I mean, you can't do much with that writing. You really, really can't. But he did the best he could with that. And he managed to show that he could do more. And he stepped into this role as Captain America. And I fucking con of comics, period. He's as iconic as Superman. Fight me. Superman was first. Absolutely. But he's as iconic as Superman. Again, fight me. So, First Avenger is solid. Winter Soldier is one of the best Marvel movies, period. Um, probably my ratings would go into the Spider-Verse, Winter Soldier, and then possibly, maybe for my personal opinion, Homecoming. So it would probably go in that order for top three. And then Civil War, it wasn't the best way to approach Civil War, but they still did a good job with it. So it's all three movies are strong in their own aspects. And Cap is never falsers in that way. And pound for pound, Captain America is the best trilogy. Well, I do love America's ass. And I do respect how RDJ got the ball rolling. I actually have to say Thor's my boy on this for the best trilogy. There's a lot of reasons why. I think uh, when you say pound for pound, it really just makes me think about all the individual parts that Thor brings to the table. The first one is just as much uh, in an unlikely Marvel story starting on this weird planet out in space, but still managing to be relatable in a way that Guardians sometimes felt too alien to even do once you got out into space. Uh, it talks about science and magic coming together. It introduces the Tesseract. It has uh, this really great story about a man who has to earn and learn what it is to be worthy. And I think that's really worthwhile Captain America, he's always great, and Iron Man's always an ass, but Thor actually has to learn and grow throughout his trilogy, has to become better for everyone. It's also the one of the only movie, for from movie to movie, that actually tries to develop a romantic relationship and interest. Now, it's not done well, but I do appreciate that they didn't just say the next time, oh, she's gone, like... Gwyneth Paltrow got done a lot in most of the Iron Man movies when she would just or most of the Marvel movies like she just wouldn't show up or she would just 
be broken up or there'd be a lot of things writing her off. Will they, won't they? Yes. So with this one, at least, uh, again, weird that they wrote her off by the third one, but I think they just realized they weren't handling that relationship with any complexity and just decided to drop it. But I do like the idea of Jane Foster. I do like the idea of these two learning more about each other's worlds. Uh, We have uh, Odin, which I think is a really cool character. We have Frigga, who is which was my mom, and she's wonderful and glorious. Your mom is a mix between Frigga and Hela. Very much so. She's a quiet storm. And it wasn't, honestly, until we watched Endgame, Endgame that I remembered, yeah, she made two Thor Dark World shine. I remember those scenes most effectively throughout the entire movie is her bonding with Jane and her talking to Thor and her sacrificing herself and giving herself to to save her planet. Like it's really fabulous and it's of her own design. It's not a fridging. It at least gives her some sort of dignity within the role and it's sad that she has to go. Also, we get the introduction of Loki. And without Loki, the whole MCU, the Avengers wouldn't would have fallen through. The MCU may not be what it is today. Uh, he is so integral and essential, and it would be a tragic waste to not have him throughout the rest of these. And Thor Ragnarok is probably my favorite of all of those nine movies that we have discussed more than Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is great, but I think I enjoy Thor Ragnarok more, uh, not just for the crazy beautiful visuals, but for the introduction of Hela and letting our hero realize that sometimes things have to be destroyed to rebuild from the ashes. Sometimes our fathers are not right and we have to do better than what our parents have given us. Uh, we have the introduction of the Valkyrie and we have all of these Uh, See, now you gushed and I'm gushing and now we're all gushing. Um, (laughs) Is Thor 1 and Thor 2 not the strongest films? Perhaps, yes, but I find that Thor continues to get better, much like his movies. Bigger and brighter, shinier, more awesome. And I think that that, coupled with his character growth, makes that trilogy the best. Okay. Solid, solid argument. So those are our awards for best trilogy in the MCU. So, speaking of uh, Loki, I think we will give out the best villain. Now, this is we're going to try to rein ourselves in because there are literally uh, heavily over twenty five villains, I believe, in all and these movies. This isn't even. I think this is still missing a few, but this is our the quote unquote main villains. We are starting all the way back from the Abomination. All the way up to Mysterio. Right, yeah. And we're talking about specific villains, not races, actual villains, actual one character bad guys. Yeah, these are these are the main villains. We're not going to include like crossbones or... Um, if they uh, get killed from the first act, they're not worthwhile. Yeah, it's... it's uh, well, he, he was in... No, he wasn't in just the first act. He was in the first act of Civil War, yeah, but he wasn't in more than just the first act of, you know, Winter Soldier. Yes. So... Um, but yes, we are, there are 26 main 27, villains. 27, because we have to include Mysterio. Right, thank you. There's okay. a bunch, is yes. what we're saying. So, um, and we actually, the list that we're basing it off of is from Collider.com, and they ranked it from worst to best, and... I don't agree with the list, so I'm glad that someone else, like, offered, um, like, for example, um, 
they it, it when we talk about villain we have to be very specific we mean the villain itself and the complexity it carries because if we were talking about best villain fight I'd have to give it up for Dormammu in Doctor Strange because it's the first Marvel movie to finally say it's not just two beings of equal size, strength, and power duking it out to see who comes out on top. Yeah, it's not um, an Iron Man versus uh, Iron Monger type thing. It's not an Ant-Man versus Yellow Jacket. Yeah, but though that was a funny fight. And it's also just not a guy in spectacles who's part of the government. Like, like there's so many different ways you can run a villain and Dormammu and Doctor Strange's fight is probably my favorite villain fight. But we're talking about straight up villain complexity. There's a lot of villains in here actually when we look at the list that aren't all the way villains. Um I actually really dig Ghost. But I don't qualify her as a villain because she is so complex as to go all the way around by the end of it. I really dig Ant-Man too. You guys, I don't know if I told you Ant-Man and the Wasp, but that's like, it's really good. It's not going to win any awards, I think, today, but it is deserves an honorable mention for the way that it lets its villain have a really relatable problem. And then that our heroes don't just abandon this person who did bad things, but instead try to help this person to become better than who they were. I think that's really worthwhile and shows what the best of humanity is about. So, so, again, not the best villain, but I really dig her character arc. Even they were like, uh, the com was even a little bit like, she's not really necessarily a villain. She's more of an antagonist because she's doing things to uh, help her situation, but she's going about them in more of a lethal way if she has to type situation. So... Um, I would call that that mafia boss or that boss guy that they had to deal with. He, I would call him more of a villain than her. But even still, um, I mean, you look at some of the like, I mean, on their list, Thanos doesn't Thanos doesn't even crack the top five. Yeah, that's hard to call it, but I I, I do not agree with this whatsoever. If this was actually this character. I, yeah, but it's not, we, so... Aaron is referring obliquely to Iron Man 3, and I will just very briefly state that I enjoyed the twist because I had no relation to the comics, and I thought it was rather clever. Aaron and most everyone else did not like it because it was a direct violation of what the character had been built on and would have been cooler carried out to consumption. I don't even know the Mandarin that well, but the way the trailers were building it up, and it was like, it was going to be another big bad. And it still could be a big bad, but... I mean, it, it, it's just this drunk British actor, and it's, and and then it's Adrian Killian, and it's I am the Mandarin, and then no, you're fucking not. So I don't agree with it being, and they they ranked him number four. Like, we also have a lot, pretty much all the villains, pretty much all the villains do not make it past their initial movie. They pr- pr- most of them do not make it and there is a reason for that uh because most of the marvel villains i find to be weak because they are just uh not even reflections of our main hero or protagonist but rather a a mirror like straight up they are them and that's why it's so hard mirror yeah it's so hard to like say who would actually win in this fight because they're both the exact same same powered thing so it always comes upon our hero to jump into some sort of contrivance to beat him as opposed to being smarter or more powerful um as far as villains go i think i can give you my top four and i'll give you my my three honorable mentions then who i think the best one is 
I don't even know if I could do that. I might be able to give you my top villain. I, I mean, give I, me one of your runner. Give me your runner up then, and I'll give you mine. I, I We're don't probably going to hit them all, honestly. So, you well, I mean, I think we can agree for best villain, and then give our favorite villain. I think that might be a better kind of way to go about it. Hmm. You know, I I see what you're saying. Let's okay, but I don't think we're gonna agree on who are the best villain is. Oh, really? It's it's really yeah. Oh, so oh. you go ahead. Oh, because I'm so who's I'm your not. Best? Who's your best? Oh, I'm gonna say Loki. Yeah, um, but is it too obvious, guys? Um, because of so many different reasons. Uh, now I. I know he be kind of becomes lackey uh, with Thanos uh, and Avengers, and um, even a bit with the Thor Ragnarok. But Loki is one of those characters that is so fun to love and hate at the same time, um, and the the performance by Tom Hiddleston is just oh, it's so delectable, um, and it's not even like overindulgent. It's just it's so well done. Um, from Thor 1, Thor 2, Thor Ragnarok, anytime Loki appears on screen, he does it well. He's so. really, really good, guys. This is not a, oh, he he doesn't, he's not worthy. I think for me, I'm really concerned about where they're going to go with this TV series that they've planned for him. Now that there's some um, sort yeah, of I'm, alternate I'm, timeline where he exists. I He's cool, guys. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if he's meant to carry a whole movie by himself that's that's a concern there, there's always those concerns like hans gruber's really cool but could he carry a whole television series hans gruber 100 percent could because <laughs> hans gruber is that kind of interesting if of a alan character. rickman came back from the dead yes. yeah um, i really may he, did. may he rest in peace yeah loki i think hits the top list for so many people because he's actually allowed to survive past his movie he's allowed to keep coming back again and again and again, and he was kind of the first time that I finally got tired with Marvel's, oh, anyone can die, it all has consequences, because he dies way too many times and comes back again. It's it's a trope at this point. And I also, I think I have the same problem with Ghost. I think Loki has the same problem as Ghost, in that he is too relatable, too likable, too inclined to one day turn over to the side of good. Uh, I At the end, I would say he's not an anti-hero, but he's... Not, he's not even Catwoman-esque. He's Catra, is what he is. Still conniving, still scheming, yeah. but you want to see her redeem herself. Yeah. You want to see her get over this. So I, I adore Loki, but he's not my favorite. He's one of my runner-ups. Um, he's the he's the silver. Uh, my my bronzes are tied between Hela, just because Kate Blanchett just is so deliciously evil and looks so cool and so badass love it uh tied with her is arthur tombs aka the vulture yeah he's terrifying he's he's in my top five because michael keaton uh the whenever they announced that michael keaton would be playing the vulture a lot of people like really not because he couldn't do it it it's just like that's a weird choice because typically the vulture is kind of like a thin older kind of gangly guy but when that came on screen, when he came on screen and he just was like, he's so intimidating. And Michael Keaton is a fan-fucking-tastic actor. Yeah, he's he's right below it. I'd say him and Loki are duking it out for Silver. For me, the best villain has got to be Killmonger. It is amazing 
what Black Panther did on so many levels. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, when we get into more categories. But there's something so crazy about a villain coming in and through his own intellect and through his own hard work, figuring out what happened, has a tragic backstory. He mirrors our protagonist in the correct way I think a villain should mirror a protagonist. Both of them... Uh, could have had the same lives, but diverged so early in life. And we see how this one child turned to this life of hatred and violence. And the other one was given uh, power and privilege. And when we see their two worlds collide, we are seeing two physical worlds collide. We are seeing this person who thinks that keeping secret and safe is the best for his people. And this other person saying, that while you were hiding in your ivory tower, we were all dying. Where were you? His anger and his frustration is a reflection of the world that he has inhabited for so long. And for me, there is no greater mark, I think, of the villain than when you realize maybe they were right. And not only the audience realizes that, but when the protagonist of the movie says to the people that came before him, you were wrong. This man, however misguided, has shown me that you were wrong to keep us hidden. And we have to do more than just keep ourselves safe. And the ending, bless, just bury me in the ocean. Like those who didn't want to come over on the slave ships and see what lay at the end of that journey. Throw me in the sea. I won't be slave anymore. It's, it's so freaking powerful and it's the only time I really see one of our heroes Thor has an arc and a growth and regression but within one movie to see the Black Panther turn and be persuaded and learn what the better thing is to do uh, even though his girlfriend was saying it the entire time what the correct thing is to do for the world it makes him just one of the most compelling villains and Michael B. Jordan's performance uh, was absolutely astounding. I actually was thrown because they um, they had cast um, what's his face It's Claw, and Claw is actually Mike or sorry not uh, Michael Black Panther's uh, and like main antagonist. You know the um, Mandarin to uh, Iron Man, the Loki to Thor, um, the Red Skull to uh, Captain America. Uh, so it's it's really strange that um, that they would do Claw the way that they did, but it w- subjected. Plus, this... you finally give any circus a roll in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, the two Tolkien white guys. Uh, but it was it was so strange that they had that character be thrown under the not not sorry not thrown under the bus, but thrown away so quickly. Um, and that kind of character, like even Andy Serkis' performance was pretty good yeah. up to that point. But Michael B. Jordan blew just blew every expectation out of the water because I think people knew what character he was going to be. But the fact that he like rose very quickly to be the big bad, um, I think my arm like came inches away from accidentally smacking you. I apologize. That's all right. The hook um, would have saved me. <laughs> uh, and again, another performance another amazing performance coming out of a failed fantastic four strange (laughs) so this is where they go to finally gain their success uh, i would have to say my silver bronze uh, anything below loki would probably be tombs as well um helmet zemo 
Yeah, okay. From Civil War cuz he he's not super powered. He's not uh he's not like a part of a secret society. He's not He's just a man with a plan. Exactly. And his uh performance again done so beautifully. Um and then I I got to go Obadiah and Stain. You know, I do think we just enjoyed Jeff Bridges so much. Jeff, and, and again, that was, again, a lot of people were found it strange because Jeff Bridges hadn't really played a villain like that before. And they were like, really? He's going to play a bad guy? And he has a shaved head and a beard? What's going on? I don't understand it. And he, he rides looks- a motor scooter? What? I, I, oh, man. It was so it was so mind-blowing. And, like, the twist was not big for that time, but it was still kind of like, whoa. And he um, – and the, the Collider uh, article actually did a very good – thought process on this when they talked about the scene where Gwyneth Paltrow has to steal some information from his computer and it's very intimate and the it's quiet very intensity scary. oh yeah. yeah that's the same I think the same thing that Michael Keaton does when it's just a man talking to another person and it's just the quiet rage the calculations it's why Lex Luthor I think would be a compelling villain if done right yeah not Unfortunately, not, not Jesse that. Eisenberg. Sorry, so Jesse. those are our things for that. So our next one will be... And sorry that we didn't even mention Thanos once, guys, but he's not even close to these others. Josh Brolin did a good job as Thanos. I, beyond that, whatevs. <laughs> uh, the next one, so you can't have a good villain without having good powers or good weapons. So again, my answer is easy because i'm such a huge fanboy i gotta go spidey so have the heat so spider-man has the best superpower i love the spider sense i love the uh augmented healing i love the uh augmented strength um and then he has a genius level intellect but that's just who he is as a person he was that before and that's how he creates the web shooters the other web tech that he gets uh, over the years. That's also why Spider-Man the video game is so well done too. So I gotta I gotta say I like the the thought process of having those kind of powers because for me I want powers that make transportation easier and to be possibly like a type of Peter Parker Spider-Man. Um, where I could possibly travel easier or make things easier for myself. That's what I would do. I like that idea. For me, I think the best power and the best weapon have to be Captain Marvel. And I don't know how uh, Marvel's even going to... The MCU is even going to continue addressing her because they made her so kick-ass in her solo movie. So kick-ass that she pretty much uh last jedi's a starship out of existence with just her body and then just pounds her fist together as if come at me bro it's so cool i think in the same way i'm hoping they don't do the same thing that they did to scarlet witch scarlet witch is probably the most powerful character within marvel canon yeah but she is completely wasted time and time again in these movies because they don't know what to do with a character that powerful who can literally make anything happen. You have to put it down to wispy smoke and 
hand movements and eye twitches it's like they don't know what to do with it and with Captain Marvel they clearly define that yeah she probably could have kicked Thanos's butt all by herself and they were they didn't know how to reconcile that though with everyone has to come in and join in on this fight I think her power is the the most powerful and the the most weaponry and she can uh, be out in space and she can change the colors of her costume but I'm getting beyond that I'm just getting I'm just gushing about Captain Marvel now I think I think her power is like all of the good qualities about Iron Man without having to build a giant robot suit I think you're I think she's kind of a mix between a couple different characters um, but yes I think you're right I think she is like she's like Iron Man and um, as far as and pow- Scarlet Witch and uh, and uh, maybe a couple other small things mixed together. I like that. Yeah, if we're going off powers that were thrust upon you, Captain Marvel. If we're going on powers that we that you built and made, Spider Man. Yeah, I yeah I I'm a huge Spider Man fanboy. <laughs> so well, Aaron, the chicken key off has just arrived at all the tables. I think it's time for a commercial break. Mm, oh God, you're so delicious. Mm-hmm. So, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get started today. Remember, that's T-O, not the number two uh, for married to the idea. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, podcasters, and entertainers. Our recommendation today, uh, we're sticking with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we're pretty sure we the first suggestion we were going to do, uh, we had already suggested. So we're looking ahead into the future. Uh, and we are thinking about phase four and how, uh, we did enjoy the character of Black Widow and how she is probably going to get a movie in, uh, phase four. She is. That is the only movie that we know of to date as of July, 2019, that is being filmed actively is our Black Widow origin story. Right. Um, so there is a book on Audible called Black Widow Forever Red by Margaret Stoll, um, and it's narrated by Julia Willen. It is uh, from the series Black Widow Novels and is the first book of it. So it's 9 hours and 57 minutes, so about 10 hours long. So if you're looking to get your fills of some uh, Black Widow stories, I have no idea if it will play into this canon or not. Uh, It would probably be good because uh, she always talked about having red in her ledger and this and that. Um, It might be uh, good to have in your audible library you know it's cool to have a female badass kicking butt uh just recently they announced that uh uh captain marvel's friend carol danvers's friend uh maria rambo she's going to be the new 007 in the new james bond film she's not going to be james bond or she is going to be james bond so she's taking over for james bond she is the new 007 james bond is retiring because daniel craig cannot be bothered to do any more of these movies not that I don't want to see a female James Bond. I want to see a female James Bond. But they said, like, she is going to be James Bond, but she's not. She's going to be 007, but she's not going to be James Bond. I think is what it is. Yeah, because it's still Daniel Craig's movie. But she, the the cool. We maybe can that's debate. How he, maybe that's how he. Like, like that's how he retires is he hands over the mantle of 007 or something. Uh, for, a, for a very miniature. Uh, 
sponsor dome supported female corner it's hard to have a female character take over a traditionally male character's role not because a woman can't do it but because then we have to come to terms with all of the negative qualities of the male character for example james bond is a womanizer and a drinker and is objectively terrible at his job of keeping the world safe and, and he also kills a ton of people yeah and so <laughs> if we have to have so if a woman takes over that role we now have to say but is it okay that she does all that and we wonder why we let it slide so much with a dude doing it than when a chick was doing it see also the problems with uh indiana doctor jones who. doctor who yeah exactly if we now have a different gender in the role we now have to come to terms with was this okay for this character to be like was it okay for the movie to keep saying it was cool even when objectively it's not so to download your free audiobook, <laughs> go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. And again, that's audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get your free audiobook. Thank you for giving me a little taste of uh, a little little snippet of my feminism corner. I appreciate it. You're welcome. But enough of that. Enough of our sponsored I, I didn't give you any. I didn't give you anything. You always had it inside of you. Or rather... Feminism is always there. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be woke, guys. Um, you got it, babe. So our next topic is best character introduction, and I think we kind of need to not necessarily fly through this, but we just kind of need to pick one or pick one each because there's so many character introductions. Because we could say origin stories, or we could just say like, "Oh, hey, here's a character." Yeah. It's, how do we qualify all these things? Yeah. Yeah. These, we were discussing this, and we didn't really come up with a solution. Yeah, it's hard to say. We're not talking about like, for example, Black Panther is not the introduction of Black Panther. Civil War is the introduction of Black Panther. Same thing with Spider-Man. Exactly. So we have to say when the first time we see this character on screen, how cool was that? So you've got like Captain America when he first appears in costume with the uh, Howling Commandos. You've got Iron Man when he first appears in his full set of armor. You've got Thor in pretty much the beginning of the movie. Um, you've got you know Black Panther and Spider Man in or uh, Spider Man stealing Captain America's shield. Black Panther chasing down Bucky. We have Black Widow and Hawkeye both showing up in quiet roles in another superheroes movie and then later rising to prominence, which I thought was a, an appropriate way if they weren't going to give them their own movies to do that. You've got Thanos smiling over his shoulder. You, I mean, the the problem is, is how many characters are there in the MCU? That means there are that many character introductions. So we kind of have to like narrow. We have to kind of put some sort of signifier on this. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any signifiers you want to throw on it? No, um, but I do want to say that uh, as far as character in costume being that character goes, uh, I really do. Actually, I know I like that. First appearance of character in costume. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, well, then, for me, uh, just uh, for funs and giggles, I do like the Guardians of the Galaxy doing the slow-mo superhero walk, Gamora yawning, and Quill trying to figure out how to get his zipper done and all the, and pulling out his crotch. Like, that's a fun introduction. Like, hey, it's the Guardians, and the music's playing. It's fun. Um, but I think I actually enjoy... It's a tie between Black Widow and Wasp. I really like how Black Widow quietly just is in Iron Man 2 and then is you see her in the hallway kicking butt in that scene doing the pepper spray in the guy's face. You don't really know who she is. Like, you know who she is, but you don't really know who she is at the beginning and then, then she kicks all that. And I hate that they gave away that scene before in the trailers because if they'd kept that in in the... Um, surprise. In the surprise, I, I, I think that would have been... Um, 
I think that would have been a bigger surprise, mm-hmm. a bigger a bigger payoff. So, And we talk a lot about Ant-Man being a palate cleanser. And it was really cool at the end of the movie. For me, the coolest part was seeing that he did have the wasp suit and saying to Evangeline Lilly, I think you're ready. And she's like, you better believe I am. And like, no, I want to see that. So I was really glad that the second movie wasn't Ant-Man 2. It was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because those were two of the original Avengers in the comic canon. Wasp was a huge part of the original Avengers. So it was really cool to see Evangeline Lilly get to kick ass in her own right. Um, to have a really, as far as it goes, low-key romantic entanglement. Because usually she gets tricked into these romantic triangles. Uh you can read more about it, but Evangeline Lilly, when she was cast in The oh, Hobbit, yeah. said, I'll do it. Just thank you for giving me this Toriel, this cool female kick-ass L character. Please don't put me in a love triangle. We promise we won't, Evangeline. Okay, great. And then six months later, they call her in for reshoots and say, okay, so here's the script, and you're in a love triangle. Yay! And she's like, no. So it was cool just to see her get in the suit and do her shrink big, shrink big, and then use the stuff to like make the giant Hello Kitty Pez dispenser. <laughs> she was so She was so much better at it than Scott was just because she'd been training and waiting for this particular moment and it was really cool to see her inhabit her mother's uh, costume her mother's place and take on her role I really dig it my favorite character and costume moment you would think would be Spider-Man getting uh, Cap Shield now that is in probably the top five or top three or Captain America with the Howling Commandos because those are two of my favorite Marvel characters besides Deadpool but while those are pretty awesome I gotta say, I gotta go Nick Fury. Wow. Yeah. Way I know. back at the beginning, you you have never had your expectations blown greater than when Nick Fury showed up. You, I think you knew what it was. I didn't know. But this was way back before I bothered that we had to like learn things before we went to the movies. I'm like, who's this guy I just, with an eye patch? I, I don't know if we've told the story on the podcast. I think we have, but I'm not 100% sure. Go but, for it. Um, we watched Iron Man uh, for our quote-unquote senior skip day for our high school. It was the, the school-sponsored one. How about that? And we got to choose a movie, and it was either Iron Man or the Rolling Stones documentary directed by Martin uh, Scorsese. And we all picked Iron Man. Yeah, it was like like most everyone, and then like 20 people went and watched the Rolling Stones one. We stampeded. We caused the injuries of some students. We weren't allowed to do it again. <laughs> yeah, that was that was, that was was not cool. Not but us personally. It no, just happened. No, because we were near the doors when that happened. and But they still let us watch the movie, and we watched the movie, and it was a row of us that were my friends who were in our grade, and uh, one of them leans down at near the beginning of the movie or near before the movie started he goes hey my brother watched this last night because he got like a sneak preview or like a midnight premiere or something like that don't go before the credits or before the credits end there's an after credits scene what's an after credits scene yeah like because i had seen one like with ferris bueller's day off and like i had seen them before but they weren't very common back then it was the golden age of 2008 when you didn't have to stay through 10 minutes of credits to see something that was absolutely important to the rest of the film canon well it um, it was very interesting because he said that and we're all like, really? I don't want to stay through the credits. And we stayed. It was like a, almost a full row of us. And then there was like very sporadically, like two people here, two people there, and like two people behind us. It was very sporadic. We were like the most uh, people there. And like, in fact, the um, the people who worked at the theater came in to clean up after us. And like they saw their people were still in there like, oh, 
okay. And so we're just sitting there and we're talking and saying, oh, that was cool. I like that part. I like that part. I like this part. part." And then when Nick Fury came on, we lost our ever loving minds. And that's, and that's when I knew this was going to be bigger than we had ever seen. This was going to be something much larger than we could ever anticipate. Um, when he said the Avengers initiative and my friends who read a lot more comics than I did at the time were like, Oh my God. And like, I'm like, this is going to be huge. And here we are a lot of years later, uh, 11 years later in however many movies later. And it's one of the most successful movie franchises ever ever so much that every other movie in hollywood is basing itself on that and failing hard a lot guys remember the dark universe (laughs) so you know we're talking about what it has done so let's talk about what we want it to do and we already know that black widow is happening so and the comic con um i don't know if it will happen before we release this or not uh but what happens is one of the big reasons why we don't know anything is because apparently this year because with far from home being the end of phase three they're going to announce a lot of things for phase four coming up so i want to ask this is more of a kind of a personal thing what do you want to see from phase four like what's your nominee for a movie that you want to see in phase four whether it actually happens or not well this is actually uh yeah Okay, sounds fair. Movie I know that's going to happen that I'm really excited for is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Especially with Thor being involved. And I'm sure uh, Takiti, uh, I, I, I always screw up his Takiya name. Watiti. Um, I'm sure he's going to be involved to an extent with bringing how Thor is now. Um, James Gunn is too good of a writer and a director to not be like, okay, help, please, so I can make sure that this character stays at least somewhat the same because they did it for in-game yeah it's also the one that's most cryptic to me because i was enjoying the arc of our characters at the end of two but that's pretty much thrown out the window you've got thor and rocket palling around space with a teenage Groot, and you've got a alternate universe gamora who has no idea who peter quill is a nebula has completely redeemed herself it's there's so much that is going on here that was not when two came out that I'm interested to see where they go from here. Side note, there's an artist who's making these uh, Nebula comics uh, about the time that Nebula spent with, like, Tony and Rocket and um, and Rhodey and stuff like that, and they are adorable. You need to find them. Um, I don't know what they're called, but just search, like, Nebula um, in-game comics, and you'll find them. They're a very simplistic art style. They're hilarious and adorable. So wholesome. Gamora and Nebula's relationship is probably just as compelling as Thor and Loki's. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens because Gamora always wanted, or since at least one, wanted a relationship with Nebula. And Nebula always pushed back until Guardians 2. And now she had the relationship, but then Gamora died in uh, Infinity War. But now she's in an alternate universe so she won't know that relationship and it's earlier yes. in these times. So it's like, she'll still want a relationship, but it'll be tougher for her, even though Nebula will have want that relationship too. So it's going to be like, it's going to be a very awkward thing. So maybe that will be the focus. Uh, the movie that I want to happen, that there's nothing, there's no one talking about it. Movie that I want to happen. I want a Riri Williams Ironheart. I want it with every fiber of my being. And I love Is that they're going to do 
they're going to do an Ironheart, but it's not going to be Riri Williams. I like Tony Stark's little girl. She's fabulous and does a great job, and she's the emotional heartstrings pulling. I love it. But we have Riri Williams, and that's so cool. <laughs> I know. I'm, She's I'm, the Miles Morales of Iron Man. We she need her. Is, and I really hope that they approach that right, if they do something along those lines. I don't think they will. That's my fear. So we'll see what happens with that. And I, I'm, I'm on the same lines. I want to see that. Uh, but my fear is that they won't. They'll maybe approach it more of Iron Man's daughter doing that. So. I'd also be interested in seeing the, the new Thor, what they've been doing with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, who, cool. who the new Thor is. So. Yes. So any, any of the new comics they're doing, because we were, we, we were playing with ones that everyone knew. And now that everyone's watching MCU, maybe we could start doing some of the current comic stuff yeah what i would like to see is i would like to see a little bit of maybe the nova stuff and he's an interesting character like you want to talk about something that would compare with captain marvel he doesn't have like the exact same power levels as captain marvel but he has similar powers to her like batman and here's robin you know way up top and you know for far below he's a similar kind of structure as batman but he's his his he's not to the same level as batman kind of similar to that so he's a detective i don't know anything about nova no 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 no. okay so you know how batman is really skilled at hand-to-hand combat he's a detective and this and that and robin is basically the same protégé. thing he's a protege okay nova is not a protege but he has similar powers to captain uh, captain marvel he gets his powers from his helmet and a couple other th- reasons, but he can fly through space. He has, he can do hand blasts and stuff like that, but he's not nearly as powerful as Captain Marvel. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see maybe something with Nova. I know they're going to do something with Adam Warlock because that's what they're hinting at at the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which we all thought that was going to come into play with this. But I guess since it didn't, they're still playing up this intergal- intergalactic war. I would also love to see bringing it back down to Earth. I am curious AF to see what the hell they're going to do with Spider-Man. What Nick Fury's been doing out in space with the scrolls. Well, spoilers. <laughs> and then the big thing is with what they the mid-credit scene for Spider-Man Far From Home. I won't reveal that one cuz yeah. that changes up I everything. think that changes everything as much as I am Iron Man did. Yeah. Like it was fucking huge. I am still astounded that they did that so i I'm, I'm interested to see that but a movie i am really really interested to see that i really really want to see that they have not announced or haven't even hinted at yet is kamala uh kamala khan miss marvel yeah even brie larson has said that she wants to see it happen i want to see it happen squirrel girl would be fun too but yes kamala khan is such a fun and great character and uh, OG She-Hulk. Yeah. Like they have a whole guess. and Hellcat. They have a whole fun super friends group, and yeah. I it's so the best. <laughs> like in if you want to like instead of having everyone out in space or like you want to like okay we have all this stuff going on in space we want to talk about stuff happening here on Earth. There you go. They have a B unit Avengers that they're based out of like the Great Lakes, and they know the B team, but they're just happy to be helping out. Um, what do you think, Aaron? We're about ready to wrap up with our big final category, but let's do some quick fire categories. All right, so we want to give out some uh, very uh, 
quick uh, superlatives. So here's how it's gonna work. Wait. Aaron has a list of school superlatives. He's going to read through. I have not seen the list. We are just going to as quick as possible. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. No money we, will exchange exchange hands. The very first thing we think of when we hear this superlative. Okay. Aaron, let's go. Number one, friendliest. Cap. Ant Man. Go on. Number two, best hair. Thor. Cap. <laughs> Number three, best eyes. Bruce. Bruce Banner. Yeah. Iron Man. Number four, most likely to succeed. Rocket Raccoon. Peter Parker. Number five, best personality. Shoot. Oh, we were doing so good. Thor. Uh, I'm going to say either Ant-Man or his friend. The guy who does all Ned. the stories. No. No, sorry. I'm saying I changed my name. Answer oh, to Ned. To Ned. Okay. <laughs> uh, either Ant-Man or his friend who does all the stories. Number six, best dress. Captain Marvel. Ant-Man, or uh, Iron Man, come on. <laughs> Number seven, class clown. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Eight-way tie. Uh, Peter Quill? Uh, yeah, it'd either be Peter Quill, uh, Peter Parker, or, um, God, it's anyone who does quips, basically. Uh, Number eight, most athletic. Bruce Banner. Cap, he holds a <laughs> fucking helicopter. <laughs> Number nine, loudest. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. I'll give you that one. Number ten, quietest. Groot. Black Widow. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Eleven, cutest couple. Oh, boy. Cap and Peggy Carter. Actually, I'm going to go Vision and Scarlet Witch. Or Scarlet Witch. I thought they were so adorable. Whenever they finally were allowed to be with each other, even though it was for like a hot minute. The two characters that the Marvel Universe cannot figure out what to do with. Yeah. Number 12, most school spirit. Cap, because he's most patriotic. I was going to go roadie. <laughs> uh, number 14, most likely to cheer you up. Oh, I know this one. Most likely to cheer you up. Oh, come on. You know this one. I think Thor, because we just go out drinking and have a good time. On your left. Oh. Sam, oh, come on. That. I love Sam, yes, you're pulling out stuff from the from the guns, uh, from the from the cannon, from farther afield. Thank you for doing that. Uh, number fifteen, teacher's pet, rocket. <laughs> Sorry, teacher's pet. Um, oh, um, yes, uh, mantis. I can I can see that. I was going to say Peter Parker. Hmm. Best laugh. Hmm. Drax. Oh yeah, I'll give you Drax. <laughs> Uh, best smile. Aww. Best smile. Oh, I know. Groot, actually. That's who I was going to say when he gives a little flower to the girl. Yeah, and when he, like, impales those ten guys and turns back and, and smiles. smiles. Ah, yeah. yeah. Best accent. Hmm. Does anyone really have an accent? And uh, is that a for, little derivative? Uh... That's a bit derivative for a superlative. I think that implies that an accent is a thing that like, has greater worth just because you happen to possess it, but we won't say that. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch trying to do an American accent. Oh, oh that's awful. <laughs> or Tom Holland doing an American yeah. accent. <laughs> he, it, it, when, he, when he's in his own British accent, it's so, it's so flawless. <laughs> Biggest prankster. Rocket. Yeah. You stole a guy's leg. I didn't need it. I just wanted to 
see if you'd get it. I'd say I I was gonna say Iron Man. He's pretty prankster too. Yeah. Uh but no, I I can see Rocket, actually. And then finally, most gullible. Hmm. That's a weird superlative to give out too, guys. What kind of high school have we been visiting? Yeah. I would have won that, to be very honest. Uh, most naive. Uh They say I'm oh. a little naive. Peter Quill. Boy will believe he, anything. Be- yeah, I'm going to give you that because not only because we're going to say second movie first because he believes that Ego is a good guy and everything like that, and the, like that he loved his mom truly and everything like that. But then, best example, he believes Rocket that he needs the arm. Yeah. All right. So those are the top like or the tried and true superlatives. So we gave those out to those. And there's probably better examples. We just did those off the top of our head. So now we're. The final category that we're going to give out. This is it. The moment we've all been waiting for. Drum roll, please. Best movie of each phase. Now, Thank God. We're I- not doing <laughs> best movie because <sighs> oh, we could we could literally spend an entire podcast on that. So we're doing each phase, which of course phase one let's, again is Iron we'll, Man we'll through. We'll say it as each, as each one as we go. Yeah. So let's start with phase one. So I, phase one is Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2. Thor, Captain America, and Avengers. Okay. So. I think I know the answer to this one. I think I really know the answer to this one. because it's, it's down to it's, two in my mind. It's objective at this point. Like, it you has say objective to, or subjective? It's objective at this okay. point. It has to be the Avengers, guys. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, it's Avengers with Iron Man as a very close second. Oh, yes. No, Iron Man's really good, too. I really enjoy it as an orange, origin story, or, orange story, and I really enjoy it <laughs> as a standalone movie within the MCU. It's probably the best Iron Man movie. However, no one had done what the Avengers did. This was not a guaranteed thing. This could have failed epically this could have had everything against it people were saying this movie was not going to do well because joss whedon could not have these six big characters on screen all at once and give them a equal screen time b devote the story enough to them and c give a um a a movie impactful enough for them and he delivered on all three points and then some. Not only just our original six, he had to juggle a villain like Loki, who was a steam sealer in every single part of that movie. He also had to juggle people from Thor, like Dr. Selvig had to show up again. We had to, mm-hmm. it, we had to reintroduce Hawkeye, who was a villain for most of that movie. We had to bring up the Tesseract, and we had to set in motion the idea he of had Thanos to, he from had to the re, Inkling. He had to reintroduce the Hulk. Yes. The, basically, the the, the, the character that movie. the character that that completely bombed two performances that weren't too bad. Eric Bana tried his hardest as the Hulk, and then um, Ed Norton did a decent job as the Hulk. I have a soft spot for Incredible Hulk. Me too. So sue me. me so, in not only does he does it, does he do the Hulk well? He does it so well that. Finally, we get a definitive Hulk that isn't Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, like, the absolutely, this is the Hulk that I think of now. And they do a really great job. I was so worried when we were watching Avengers, and Hulk gets, uh, like, you know, turned, and he starts smashing up the Quinjet, and I'm uh, the helicarrier, and I'm like, oh, no, 
he's just going to be the villain. They're going to do what they do in a lot of, of the animated comic book movies, which is, oh, we can't defeat this bad guy. We need the Hulk. Okay, Hulk defeated the bad guy, but now we have to defeat the Hulk. And there's no way to do that because the Hulk is unstoppable. So we have to get Betty in here. And it's it seems like a cop-out every single time. So I'm so glad that they said, no, you know what? We're just going to let him have his conscience in there, his consciousness in there, and say he can be directed. He can be encouraged to do things on the side of good. Joss Whedon, his his whip-smart writing is there. His character development is there. And, like, um, his uh, his smoking guns, his Chekhov smoking guns pop up a few times. You like, had to get Nick Fury in there. You had to get Maria Hill in there. You had to get Coulson. Coulson! Oh, Coulson. Oh, Coulson, you were done so well in this movie. And then season one of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was pretty good. Too bad the rest of the series isn't. But, you know, in Maria Hill, which everyone was like, oh, my God, it's Robin. And now it's like, oh, yeah, it, wasn't she on that show? Because she's <laughs> Maria Hill now. So The Avengers may have its faults, but I think it's still, to this day, the only one of the Marvel MCU movies that I can just pop on when I want to watch something cool and fun and care about it, but not like, go, oh no, like Endgame or it Infinity gets, War. It gives uh, a hint at Civil War. It shows It's my favorite so many... of the Avengers movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. really. Like, it's the only one I've watched multiple times. It's the only one I'm glad to watch multiple times. I mean, I'm going to watch Endgame at least one more time. Oof, good luck to you. Yeah. Um, so we, we both heavily agree Avengers is the best of phase one. So congratulations, Avengers. You did the best. You were the last because you were the best. So, uh, for phase two, it is Iron Man three, Thor, Dark World, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then Ant-Man. Ooh, this one is a tricky one. So you've got, um, one and two uh lackluster sequels one two uh palate cleansers as i like to call them mm-hmm. and uh two strong um uh sequels yeah so it's really it comes down to what whether you prefer a palate cleanser or a strong sequel yeah i'm feeling you the same way um because i think we uh will both agree that of these we're, it's America the Winter Soldier, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah, again, with Guardians of the Galaxy, a very close second. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And I liked Ant-Man. Um, but I'm Ant-Man gonna, was solid, I'm I mean, especially you, with Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, can you do any wrong? My yet. God, you beautiful, sweet, sweet Eternal man. Eternal young man. I know, right? He and, can do Shakespeare, he can do I Love You, Man, and he can do this. What? The hell. Yeah, I love Guardians of the Galaxy and I love Ant-Man, but I think their sequels are superior to them, so I'm holding off on those. I liked Guardians 1 more than I liked Guardians 2. But again, it was like, if I liked Guardians like at 88%, I like Guardians 2 uh, at like 82 to 85%. So yeah, there's... but you can't beat Captain America Winter Soldier. It's... No. Now that it is, is a really str- action-packed fist. Yeah, it has you by the throat for the entirety of that movie. You have to when know where you, things are going. So I I talked about this earlier. I'm not going to keep ranting and raving. This is still one of the best Marvel movies, period. Um, it is one of my favorite Marvel movies, period. 
So I will say this, and then we will move on to the hardest one that mm-hmm. we will do. I think we might have to do top three. Yeah, I think so. Um, when you can introduce a character like Bartok the Leaper and actually make him into a fairly kick-ass character, you're doing something right. The character that he beats at the beginning, the guy in the purple that he that uses yeah. his legs, yeah, I know. That's called that's a character called Bartok the Leaper. He is a joke character. Marvel knows it, and he's he and they still managed to make him a badass. Also, the first time the Russo brothers came into the picture, and that's when Feige and all the rest of the MCU people went, oh, they kind of know what they're doing. So, I see what you got going on there. Let me get a so, piece of that. Also, Sam Wilson is awesome. So Also, it's a villain without daddy issues. Because it's always, it's always daddy issues. <laughs> it's always daddy issues. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't one hundred percent crazy about the twist, but the twist is still strong enough that it works out with the whole um, uh, Hydra thing. So mm-hmm. now here's the hardest part. So congratulations! The most in there. So um, Avengers being the first of the Avengers movies to win Phase One, now a sequel winning Phase Two, fairly prophetic. So now. Phase three, it's gonna we're gonna have to do top three. So phase three again is Captain America: Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Thor: Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers: Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Good God. Aaron, I can't even like narrow it down like past four. I'm I'm looking at my list of four here. I don't know how to narrow these four down. Um, I'm trying in vain. I really am. I'm trying to figure out which one of these had flaws. Not a lot of flaws in it in, in these. This four. is the strongest phase. Like you can't even like what is what is okay. Tell me what is the weakest movie of this because I I, I can't tell you. You're not gonna I, like it. Infinity War might be the weakest one. You're not just because of how it ends. Uh, n- you're not gonna like it because it's gonna be. Uh, it's absolutely not Civil War. It's absolutely not Infinity War or Endgame. Uh, it's not Ant Man and the Wasp. It's neither of the Spider Men. It's so yours not is Captain Doctor Marvel. Strange. Yeah. It's so yours is Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and Thor Ragnarok, and Guardians of the Galaxy too. For me, my. In no particular order would probably be Spider-Man: Homecoming, Black Panther, and probably a tie between the two Avengers. Boy, this one's gonna be really tricky. Probably, I have to throw out Black Panther. No, no. Hang on. <laughs> we can do this. Okay. Hang on. No, no, no. Hang on. So, Spider-Man, you can't deny the impact of Avengers. You cannot deny it. But it's not my favorite. It's not the best. See, that's the problem is, is like we, with how we agreed with the other ones, it was our favorite. It it wasn't just our favorites, but it was the best. And that's, and that's the hardest part with phase three is that it's not only, it's, it's gotta be, we can't just let personal opinions influence it. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. I really dig Captain Marvel a lot. Um, But but it's. I don't want even. No, no, I, I can't. No, I can't give you that one either. I don't um, know. I don't know. Far from home might be the weakest one out of all these. 
And I really dug Far From Home, too. I mean, that's... But honestly, guys, the reason why we're doing this whole award season is not just to give us ourselves pats on the back for doing such good jobs. It's because, because we, we couldn't, didn't know what to say. There's We've like, gotten to a point where... I mean, we could talk about Mysterio. We could talk about, you know, Spider-Man. And we could, but at a certain point, I think... Okay, if we're going to just go objectively, like, objectively, I think Black Panther is the best. It has the best villain it has the best character arc it has the most cultural significance it has the best kick-ass uh ancillary characters and i think i think it it's not it's not my favorite i would put it in the top three I'm 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 definitely I'm definitely willing to put it in the top three i don't know if i'm willing to put it number one yeah i can't honestly yeah I cannot say Captain Marvel, Guardians Galaxy 2, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther are in my mind all equal in my eyes. I can't I can't put Guardians in the top three. It's not weak, but it's not the strongest. Because the story isn't as the story is not as fleshed out as the rest of these stories. Um even with Far From Home, it still tries to to deliver a more impactful story because guardians volume two has more flaws than the rest. So, but it's, it's still, not, I'm not see, saying, and I mean, guardians of the galaxy two finally has the good confrontation between Gamora and Nebula. It finally has them coming to reconcile. Cause in the first movie, it's just, they just I'm hate each saying, other. They just I'm not saying it's a bad no, movie. I know, I'm saying so hard. comparing to all of these movies. It's so fucking hard. We're just going to have to pick something at random. We're not going to make it otherwise. See, personally, uh, Homecoming has got to be... Oh, God damn it. And then and then Captain Marvel, how it throws the whole scroll thing on its head, and and how cool it is to have Carol Danvers on screen. Oh. See, the problem is, is whenever you have one of these movies that's a, a, a one-character title... It's not as strong as the other ones where it's m- more than one character. I just have to, I have to be so honest with myself because, he, I mean, the Avenger movies are funny when you want to geek out and be like, oh, my gosh, Cap grew a beard and he did a thing. Oh, look, they all came through the slingshot rings. Ah, da, 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 da. But in the end, it's there to propel a very straightforward narrative it's it's not there to defy your expectations it's there to give people what they want and it's and it's a long it, and because they are sequels the story has been set up it's not a story that gets developed and gets put forth so i i see what you're saying there so maybe black panther is higher on that list so that's what i'm saying there's a lot of there's a lot of key I, I can't, parts of black I can't panther i can't agree with captain marvel and guardians then I would so then how about this? Maybe you'll agree with me on this then. Black Panther, Spider-Man, Captain America. You know I can't put Captain America on that list in any capacity. I'll give you Black Panther and I'll give you Spider-Man and then you give me Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I- I'll do that. No, cuz <laughs> Thor Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, no, I'll do that because Thor Ragnarok was such um a a big change for the movie but it was impactful enough and especially because it was so well done 
it was funny and serious. Okay. I don't like so leaving Black Captain Panther, Marvel off the list, but I'll I will let this slide. Capt I, I you know what? How about this? One, two, three, four, Black Panther, Spider Man, Captain Marvel, Thor. You know what I get three out of my four? I'll give you that. All right, I'll give you that. So, because and then I could see Guardians maybe being number five. Cool. So that and that that so guys, this is that is incredibly tough because every time I look at this list, I go like I I keep coming back and my but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? And it's it's so hard. This is it's only going to get harder. It, this list is like some of these movies are incredible, intelligent movies with and you know um interesting and well-developed stories and um deep and well-acted characters and- I mean, talk about things getting set up first avengers sets up the events of mostly the rest of the mcu spider-man far from home more than likely is going to do the exact same thing based on its uh mid-end credit scene which i will not spoil it, I it's think gonna it's a, change everything both i think both of those scenes i think it actually sets up two levels um i think it sets up some stuff here and some stuff there i think it's uh, yeah we're about to get to a point where the mcu is split up between things happening on earth and things happening in space i yeah i'm I'm, i can see that this one was tough like because doctor strange was good but it it, was good and the the story wasn't strong um the best villain showdown of any of them yeah be honest so all of these 11 movies each one has a great aspect, you know, Captain Marvel being the first female-led movie mo- in the MCU. Yeah, and uh, Endgame being the end of all of this, and oh god, so many fucking geek out moments. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, finally bringing Spider-Man into the MCU after all of this haste and doing such a good job. That scene where Spider-Man is trapped under the fucking rubble. I know. Oh my god. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's like all of this, um, all of these, all 11 of these movies have something amazing. And it's, it's like when they say, it's like, pick the worst movie out of Pixar, which is Cars 2, but like, and okay, then pick the next one, maybe Cars 3. Uh, it, it's, but even the worst Pixar movie is still better than some of the best movies from other production companies. The worst Marvel movie Iron Man 2 or Thor Dark World or... Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 are still better than a shit ton of DC movies. And they're all better than the latest Jurassic World movies. Yeah. See, it's it's so... You have all of these movies, 20... uh, A lot. No, it's 12, 12 plus 11. So 23 movies. You have 23 amazing goddamn movies that have brought so much joy and um, uh, just a, a, have brought the nerd culture uh, into our lives. It has gotten to the point where Elizabeth knows more about comic books than I do. And I, I'm not I, I love reading comics, but like I, I read them to a very short extent. Liz devours them now and part of that reason is because of the mcu so we have a lot to think with that so thank you feige uh mcu marvel disney for bringing these movies because you you could have easily just half-assed it and not done this you have brought these characters to life and we appreciate it and you brought them to life 
in the way that some people don't agree with, but for the most part, especially out of 23 movies, you have only a couple quote-unquote duds. You know what? That's an A in my book. That's for you. Yes. No, that's the end of the awards ceremony. The credits are rolling oh. by now. <laughs> Copyright 2019. Oh, we didn't miss anything. Okay. We got through all those categories under an hour and a half, which is shorter than any Marvel movie. So I feel <laughs> pretty proud of ourselves. Yeah, now you can take a bathroom break and and then listen to one of our other ones, and it would still be shorter than in game. <laughs> So uh, thank you guys so much for uh, sticking with us through our Marvel uh, Awards. We have uh, a few more weeks, uh, a a few more episodes in this summer of Disney. Oh, I guess that's true. Summer's still kicking, and we are already here at the worst, at the end of all things. I'm glad you're with me, Aaron, here at the end of all things. The only place I'd rather be. I don't know. I don't, if that was a reference, I don't get it. Um, it's because you're not a loader geek like me. Sorry. Samwise Gamgee. Uh, there you go. I get uh, there. Okay. You're halfway there. <laughs> so uh, we have a few more weeks of the summer of Disney, and then we actually have something fun um, that we're going to do soon afterwards maybe not right after but soon afterwards that liz is actually planning which i'm, I'm very excited that she is uh taking the reins on a Yay. on a, a theme so um but if you have any ideas we'd love to hear them if you want to play the game at home and do the superlative list and see who you think should be all of those things because uh, i think uh most likely to succeed should have been t'challa and i feel bad about that now uh, i mean he was always set up to succeed how about that most likely to so thank you guys so much for listening be sure to check out our next episodes or our past episodes uh on the various places to listen and uh check out our patreon page and of course if you want to be on the sponsor dome uh check that out as well but as we continue in this uh week or sorry this summer of disney farewell from the eastern seaboard and if you're on the western seaboard well you guys are just gonna have to deal with the tape delay you guys get all of the oscars let us have this (laughs) until next time she's been elizabeth he's been aaron and And we're we're married married to to the the idea. idea